Hello everyone, let me move this real quick and welcome to the 11th episode of the HSBG podcast. I'm your constant co-host, Educator Collins. I'm here with Shady Bunny once again, our, our beautiful, wonderful co-host here and uh, ready to bring you another week of Battlegrounds action. How are you doing, Shady? I'm doing well, Collins. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I uh, can't complain too much, you know necessarily so i i would say a decent mood ready to do this ready to have a good time here talking about battlegrounds uh we always 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 start with the weekly overview uh how have things been this week i think um it's been the, you know it's been we've had some time now with the post quillboard meta so we've kind of adjusted it kind of see uh how strong and or weak they are i think they're, well, we're going to talk about it later, but I think they're, you know, they're, they're there. They're all right. You know, you, you, you still see people play it. It's not like it disappeared uh, instantly, but uh, it is noticeably like not every game <laughs> that it used to be. So I think that's helpful. For sure. If you want to, you can give your take for another moment. Just cause okay. <laughs> got some sound issues. Yeah. I mean, that happens, you know, I, technical difficulties from time to time but generally um i've been having a good time with it i've been playing a little bit uh as i always do just um seeing what the other is i still kind of play how i like to play i go for sixes and whatnot you know and sometimes it doesn't work out and you know you get punished but a lot of times it does work out or you're able to salvage it and you still get the the top four or you know you blow people out so I, Nothing's really changed I, too much. I, I think the sixes makes a lot of sense. Like when I've been playing, um, like I'm still testing, like I usually do at the start. I'm not really full on climbing mode yet. And something that's come to my attention, I, I don't know, it was just a couple of games where I pulled fives because it, it felt better, right? So we talked about the pure piggy meta where we said never five, right. never five, right, always, right. always six or four, get the bunker or get the, get the Charlie. But then <clears throat> for a moment it went okay. But then I realized I was pulling Mithrax and Lightfang a lot. And I was like, yeah, fives are fine. And then I had a string of not pulling them. And I was like, oh, fives are awful. <laughs> so yeah, right. Like I'm, I did so it's like what Victor said, right? Like I missed the Lightfang, I missed the Mithrax. Oh no, I don't do anything, right? So I've been experimenting a bit more with, you know, if I know I can't turn it into a six, I'm not gonna take extra damage to turn it into a five and I'll just take the four. Okay. Or if I can, I'll turn it into the six. So I'm probably grabbing not as many sixes as you. That would be crazy, right? But I'm, I'm grabbing, yeah. for how I play, I'm grabbing a lot of sixes. So and because it feels like if you hit flat tusk, your yeah, game is just yeah. kind of solved, right? We can talk about that more when we dive in up. But flat tusk just feels like the new Eliza. We're like, oh, okay, my game plan. Right? Flat tusk with your particular comp uh, is pretty nutty. Yeah, I, I know what comp you're talking about, but. If you play flat tusk normally, you're not using like earth shakers and stuff like that. Then, uh, even then, I think that um, Agam, the light fang, right? Board, I think that is the strongest comp right now when we're talking pure stats. Where <clears throat> when you see that the top guy in the lobby has flat tusk Agam, especially yeah. if either of them is golden, yeah, you know that outstatting them is not an option. Like I don't care if you're double Cali, it's not big enough, right? Like they they get so many stats so fast. That 
that's pretty much what I see people killing me with. Like, if I'm going to lose, <laughs> we're the cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that cop. <laughs> you know, or, or, or dragons. Or dragons. Those are, those are the ones that murder me, you know. But, yeah. Um, it, it's an interesting matter. We'll have a lot to talk about it later on. But uh, I just wanted to, you know, get through our overview. Uh, we're going straight into the card discussion. The card we're going to discuss today is Junk Pot. Cause I wanted something fun to talk about. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, I could talk about some uh, higher old meta card, or I could talk about junk bot. Uh, junk bot's been, you know, always in the game. It's it's not a new card. It's been there since the game inception. It used to be a five. No wait, did it always? What a four that a five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It it used to be a four drop. I mean, it is now, but it, it also used to be, and it was a lot better in the meta back then. Mex, I think, um, was like tier, was like right below like the best comp, maybe like Murlocs or, or whatnot. Like Mex were like very consistent, very dominant, and Junkbot was, especially in the beginning, Junkbot was like the key card you used to to have an edge. If you had a golden Junkbot, you won the game. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it feels so weird saying that now. <laughs> if you were the one in the game with a golden junk bot, you were like, ah, we've won. This game is over my my 50-50 or whatever junk bot, because everyone is full max is gonna be uh what will uh win the game for me. You know, and then the Fire Nation attack, the Blizzard meta uh removal team attacked and they 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 nerfed junk bot moved it to five they nerfed mechs they removed the Defle- um cobalt guardian replaced it with its brother you know not not as loved brother but you know still loved rel- relatively because people still play it and, and things like that and they also introduced new archetypes that could scale uh, on par or even better than mech so uh, you know, Mex had a, a rude awakening, you know, woke up from its dream and it's like, ah, I'm not the, you know, the tier, the tier one or tier zero comp I used to be. But um, it doesn't mean that there's no hope for junk bot, right? You know, people started making memes, junk bot being junk and, and whatnot. But, you know, uh, there have been some games even recently where I've had a couple of junk bots. And, this, and I, I think even now, since they got moved to four, I wouldn't say I see a lot of junk bots. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that at all. But I have fought some junk bots where I'm like, oh, this is not the worst. Or 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 so. I remember a particular game when I was Reno and I didn't have a direction. I hero powered a junk bot and I won the game. I I won the game. <laughs> and I was just like <laughs> Wow, is this real? You know, but uh, it can be done. I would say it's very rare, and I wouldn't wouldn't listen to my story and start hero powering junk bots. No, 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 don't copy me. But they do exist, and they are. It is an interesting card how it is um, transformed throughout the meta and transformed throughout its its a uh, its nerf and buff cycle. I think the last time I did well with a junk bot was in the spell meta. Where I just played Kale and I just had golden junk pot, spare junk pot, and then just menace on everything. You know how it is, and then everything that dies spawns more max, and they're just in the back, just buff, buff, buff. <laughs> Pretty much, it was like deflecto, yeah. deflecto. Uh, you know, I have yeah, senses. Yeah, you know, yeah, I- 
don't even have to say it. I had like an egg and like golden junk pot, another junk pot. Everything had like menace on it, you know, like <laughs> most everything had a menace on it. So it, it was good enough, but very rare composition that you, you wouldn't see uh, at all. But I thought it, it was something to discuss. Yeah, I, I did play at the start as well. Your, um, your voice is muted. Oh, sorry. Are we good now or no? Yeah, you're good now. Okay, so I, I did play at the start as well when um, mechs were so dominant, Like, and then I took a long break from BGs, but it was very funny where, uh, well, in that regard, not much has changed because viewers would ask me, why are you not leveling to five? And I was just like, there's no reason because Junkbot is on four, and all I'm doing is buying middle two leapers for these cobalt guardians, making them stronger. Getting getting more eggs, getting wait, was egg on five? Egg was on five, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Egg, egg used to be on five. Yeah, so you weren't even playing eggs, you were just doing other stuff. You were just basically trying to make golden junk pot and then the next one. And it was so funny that that was a very, very dominant strategy where people were just fishing for junk pot the whole time. When you think of junk pot now, after all the power creep, after how the heroes are kind of crazy and people just shooting for the moon the whole time. But there was a time where you just snap two junk bots. You'd be like, easy first. All right, let's go. Just get you get the tier four. You like snap two junk. All right, easy game. That was, that was my time where I was just like, yeah, I just because uh, I, I mean that was one of those metas where I didn't need to level the sixes and stuff like that. If I got early junk, but you still do this now, honestly. If you get like two early junk bots, I mean not junk, not. Not chunk, but <laughs> really deflect them. <laughs> I meant like you I get. Was about to say, yeah, I you, skipped those. So yeah, you get, <laughs> you get too early deflectors. You kind of like are incentivized as long as you don't have like a real clear direction or like a free triple setup in the shop or something like that to just go and, and see if you can salvage again with Max, especially if you have like if Max are what your board looks like already. You know, if you if you have deflector deflector reset. At, you like there's no need to hope level to five hope you hit something right so um you know i'm sure you know that about that a lot but i've done it once or twice <laughs> but yeah i i just want to you know talk about it an old favorite of ours junk bot uh however let's move on to the hero of choice for this week we'll be talking about captain hook tusk so i remember when this card was reintroduced um with its its small nerf right where instead of discovering three you discover two i was saying i don't know if it will be good enough of a nerf it might still be strong because you can theoretically do exactly what you could do before it's just less viable and i do think that that's kind of been true in a sense where um at least the the hook test uh hyrule games that i see or i play right it's it's essentially the same um feeling of being able to level or get free money or uh, abuse uh, triples even later in the game and just getting um, early like fives or six or something like that i had a hook test game where you know i start the game with like four minions on you know <laughs> when i when i level and then i just level it again and got a triple instant four drop you know like <laughs> on turn five or, or or was it five or three or six or something something like that super early uh, four and then I I got another triple got another, got like a five or a six and I was just like yeah this is this is not a game <laughs> you know <laughs> I have already so far ahead of the competition it's not even close but um, 
it is true you can't do that as reliably right um i definitely think and then and another thing to think about is what minions are out of the pool right so when beasts are out when murlocs are out right and when elementals in a sense i would say beast murlocs are the, the most important right but when those two are out right it's a lot harder to get that consistent early early free gold and things like that so you really have to um you have to take a look at what minions are in the pool when you pick this if i mean you can play it regardless right but when they're out it's noticeable whereas if if you know some like i don't know what what is uh if quill wars are out <laughs> but if some of the other uh archetypes are out i, I think quill wars still okay yeah 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 they're always in uh, i was just making a joke but no, 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 I get you, I get you. But like for hook dusk, right? Because you can hero power into bacon guy and then just tell and like, oh, plus two on my something for free. Like oh, that's yeah. all the time with hook dusk. I'm just, you know, unless you, of course you get money, right? You take the money, but free plus two plus two on something is great. So getting the bacon guy is not even bad for me. That's true. So um, I do think right now it's doing really well um, in the in the standings in terms of just stats and i i'm not surprised right i do think uh it's higher potential is high and especially when um competent players are playing him right or playing her there's a lot of strategy you can use to manipulate your advantages utilizing the gold advantages and whatnot so definitely been a very strong hero i haven't gotten to play her as much as i want to just because they don't they don't give me the good heroes you know you know chad like i play like so many games and like i'll have like one good hero and like five games and i'm just like why you know <laughs> why do i have to suffer <laughs> but yeah i i i you know every time i do get the player and the minion types that i want her in it, it does feel quite strong quite broken quite good so i don't think the nerf was like i wouldn't like nerf i don't know if i would at this current time nerf her again right i think it's okay she's not the strongest in terms of stats but i do think she is very strong and when she high rolls she high rolls hard so that's that's my thoughts there for sure yeah there's there's a very very high ceiling right it's not you know if you, as long as you hit the right minions the whole time you can just get <laughs> insane setups right you get triples you get money um so so minion types when i'm when i'm playing are usually the four i'm looking out for is um murlocs and beast as you mentioned and that right. way she's a bit like a janice where right. if you don't have those in she goes from batshit crazy to better than the other guys <laughs> so you'll still pick her but it's not like wow you know amazing hook tusk and the other two are elementals and pirates um elementals cool. like you mentioned right you like this elemental you like the one three the reroll but then pirates getting swabby oftentimes just smooths out your curve so much where you just it's like oh my god a lot of the time this happens on five gold where you're like the level costs three and the minion costs three and you're like eh. and then you shoot it it turns into a swab you're like ah that solves it all right level by the thing like that's what happens so often and quill voice right yeah <laughs> well i mean it feels like you know the bacon guy feels like a miss but still you're never sad you're like oh i guess three plus two plus two on something it keeps her healthy while you're fishing for triples so, but when you play her, you know, in the limited exposure you've had, um, what what's your curve like usually? Are you staying on one for a round, for two rounds? Are you leveling on four golds? Like, what's usually the game plan? 
I level on 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 four gold. I'm a I'm a I'm a traditional leveler in that I you know even even with Omu, I'm hard pressed to to stay on uh even though I know I could. It's very you know I'm very hard. Uh, I'm very normal in that uh, aspect. I know a lot of people like to do some fancy stuff. Eh, I do the fancy <laughs> stuff later on in the game. <laughs> Sure. Uh, I think that suits your game plan more. Where you're like, well, this is what I do with the other guys. Now it's just better, right? I have yeah. more money. My I have more triple potential, and I think that's fair. And I do that a decent amount myself. I think the times when I stay is, let's say, your first buy is uh, a dud, where you just say, okay, I, I'm not getting the Murloc token. I'm not getting the Cat token. I'm not getting anything fancy. Right. So I'll just buy a Whelp and I'll hero power the Whelp, and then it doesn't turn into something I'm super excited about hero powering next turn. I'll usually, you know, obviously look at the shop. And then if the shop has something, let's say, like an alley cat, I will definitely not level on that turn. I'll just buy the alley cat, shoot the token, see what I get, and maybe just like roll freeze uh, setup because it feels like that increases the that increases the triple potential so much. Whereas if you have a bad start, a lot of the time, what do you do, right? So you're you're leveling on four gold. You had a bad minion that didn't turn into anything fancy. You hero power it. And then even if you hit a token minion, which is ideal, next turn, you're stuck hero powering the main token most of the time, unless yeah. you're buying something specifically yeah. to hero power. You end up playing normal. You're really, yeah, you're not using... Yeah, you're not, you're not doing the hook test yeah. thing, right? You're not like gathering alley cats or gathering tight enders. So I think that's the main problem I have with it. And and even when you stay... Usually it's only one turn you need to get that right. cool hook to right. going. And then... All you need to do is pay one extra gold at some point to level in your back on curve. And because you're just making swabbies, you're you're making extra tokens, it's usually nowhere near a problem to catch up. So <clears throat> I stay on one if I don't really like where it's going because I'm playing a really good hero and I don't want her to just be a regular, oh, I might get an extra gold here or there. Right. Uh, but if I say open up with the token, I hear about the token, yeah, I get more money. True. I'm just like, yeah, okay, love it. Right? <laughs> no need, there's no need to stay. Let's just go, right? Let's just be strong. Let's just do all the cool stuff. So, yeah, she's she's really good and really fun. And it's rare that you say like, oh, I played that hook test game perfectly. It's like I don't know, man. Like. <laughs> the point of- in the late game, you just start hero powering things because it's like, ah, probably this one. I don't know, right? <laughs> it's like, I guess I'll get a five drop, maybe. That's very fair. I'll, I'll definitely keep that in mind as well. I always like listening to your, uh, your. Uh, what do I do if I don't get everything I want? Strategies. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No. I'm very much. Uh, I've got everything I want. Let's let's go. Yeah, no. you're always like, ah, what if you don't get everything you want, cause I'm just like protecting the downside. It's good for you, yeah. I haven't thought about not getting what I want, shitty. You know? like, try just hitting, shitty. <laughs> So that's that's a very good point. I'll keep that in mind for sure. Uh, but I do think it's very powerful here, very strong, very consistent, especially if the tokens are in. Um, you can abuse leveling. You can get early triples. You can make free money. A lot of advantages with this hero. And uh, the results speak for themselves. So I think it's a strong hero if you haven't been playing her. She is kind of complicated in that you have to be aware of... You have to track gold you have to track tripling potential you have to make sure that uh you know what you're gonna do next turn right so or and you know what you're gonna do if you hit what you want or what you don't want right so 
if you have a pair and you hit the pair, right? Sometimes people are like, oh no, now I have the triple. Oh, I didn't want to level here. I didn't want to uh, get this, you know, this tavern tier minion, da 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 da, da right? Where, yeah. where sometimes it's better not to get that triple that turn, wait and see if you can, you know, wait a turn, try to get the triple afterwards if you want a higher tier minion or something like that. So there's, there's, there's little things, but I think that just comes as you play the hero more and more, you get more familiar with. Um, these situations that might arise so definitely recommend the hero there and uh, see if you want to play it next yeah. okay. I'll, I'll still chip in a little bit sorry okay. like the um what you mentioned about what you're going to do next turn I, I think if you're overwhelmed by playing hook tusk one of the biggest things you can do is ask yourself okay what am i hero powering next turn because okay. almost all of the time when you're stuck with hook tusk is because you didn't plan right you're like oh i'll, I'll do this one Oh no, but wait, I could triple it. Oh, but do this one. Ah, oh, but that's my spawn. I can't really sell my spawn because then I'm too weak. And it's so usually you want to look at your discovery for the turn and the purchases you're making in the shop for the turn so that you're set up for the turn afterwards, that you know that you have a target that you're comfortable hero powering. So sometimes it'll be, well, I could take this micro mummy or I could take this, um, or, or even the sun bacon is a good example where sure, sun bacon is great to play, but you can't hero power it because then you lose all the advantage that it has because you need to sell it. So in that regard, that if you don't have a hero power target, it's probably not good to take some bacon and just take, I don't know, let's say the regular two, three dragon so that you're a little bit, have a little bit more combat stats for that turn. And then you can shoot it after, or, you know, preferably you take something that has a battle cry, like a swabby or uh, the reroll elemental or whatnot. Yep. And uh, I guess another thing, um, Sorry, I'll, I'll leave this one to you. I'll ask you the question. For for anyone that's not really familiar with Hook Dusk, let's say, you know, they say, like, oh, well, people say it's the same thing with Janus. Like, oh, Janus is so good, but why? Like, what is the general game plan on Hook Dusk? Because I don't think we really covered that. As in, what are you what are you trying to accomplish? Um, I think, well, I mean, for me, right, a lot of the, my plans are to uh, get an early an early game advantage or an early directional unit that I can use to uh, facilitate the rest of my board, right? So, like, if I can get, like, a Nomi turn seven, I mean, not turn seven, but, like, turn five, right? And, I'm, and, I, and I can just hero power and get free elementals from, from Hook Tusk, right? Like, that's super clean, right? Once I get that minion, I know what the rest of my game plan is, right? Same thing if, if I get early Caligos, right? Once I get that, it's, like, turn six or whatever like some super crazy early turn right i know what the rest of my game plan is right the hard part is getting there safely getting there with with direction or or with other supplemental units right like let's say you go for uh an early like sixes you get two sixes right you have the uh you have just a rag right right if you if you have another option to get a six right and then you have a, a genie then you're good to go right then you can do something rag genie right that's 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 really really consistent scaling even if you don't hit other things right but if you just have the rag right that's not really enough a lot of the time right you'll just have the rag and you're like oh i got a six it's a rag da, 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 and you don't hit anything and you die right so it's it's setting up a position where you have the directional pieces that make sense for you to play the game out how cleanly from there so um, the early you can get those pieces, the better, right? Because then you're you're getting them before people can like punish you before you can scale. So 
um that's usually my game plan with a lot of the like the high tier heroes right getting that directional piece early usually through triples usually through some heroes can just level and roll into it right but that's not that's, that's, that that's, doesn't happen. That's, uh, hey, I, well, I, I do that sometimes. <laughs> you know, some heroes can level and just roll into it. Uh, but a lot of the heroes the, uh, that are the cleaner with the cleanest ways to just triple into it um, early enough. So um, those are usually my game plans. So having pairs, having um, powerful units that can allow you to level as well uh, can work really well, right? So sometimes I'll get like an early gold grubber and like two golden like like a murloc triple or something right and then that in itself right i'm getting like free you know six six or four four whatever per turn right it might be it might allow me to level up a turn earlier and not take damage where if i didn't have that gold grubber i would be i'd be taking you know 10 to 10 plus yeah. damage so um, i guess the main thing is a balance where you you know that you are holding those pairs and you know that you're trying to triple into the key units but especially if a if a triple comes or I'd say the earliest you'd want to take is probably four. four most right. of yeah, time, yeah. Where you'll just find a way. Sometimes you just blatantly hold it in your hand and say, screw it. I'll just <laughs> take damage this turn. I'll level next turn. I'm not grabbing a three. The, sometimes, yeah, the sometimes only time I get like a three is like turn five or no turn three or something or like immediately where um, it's hard to avoid getting a three, right? Sometimes you're playing like Rafam or something, and you're like you're level by hero power, sure, right? Sure. Yeah. And then but I mean, on on her, you can you can just not take the triple. Okay. Well, right? Oh, you're talking about only hook tusk. I'm just I'm like, talking about just okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Then four makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah um, cool. All right. Yeah. I guess that's it. So you want to collect pairs. You want to also look at the strength of your board, and sometimes you're gonna have to take a four to be able to survive to turn those other pairs into six drops. Some games, everything is just going to click. You're just going to randomly get like, oh, I bought a spawn in the shop and I have two pairs. And then all oh, my Selimental is going to triple. So, so I, I make money right with the triple where I just have to sell it off the board. And you just get two sixes straight away. That happens as well. And then you're just like, oh, I'm just going to crush this lobby. <laughs> so I guess there's two ways of getting there. It's just finding the power units on the way to stay alive like for instance a spawn or sometimes a tough tusk and then you get gems from a bacon guy or a geomancer that you roll into the three one that gives you a gem and you're just like straight to five cash in my triples i think it's on what is that eight gold or something that i'm leveling or something silly right there's something silly where you're just pushing right, yeah and you're just grabbing six drops like you just gold straight to five I think, eight gold. yeah yeah like you just and then it's just crazy you just pop off like crazy after that. I saw someone with a six drop on turn five, and I was just like, how? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> how do you get there? He sold everything, I think. To, to He had like three units, and he beat me. <laughs> I was just like, no, this isn't right. But yeah, it, it happens. He had an mama, so that's why he beat me. But yeah. Um, but generally, anyways, we've talked a lot about hook tests, but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting hero. Yeah. Uh, next topic we have is we want to discuss Quillboard's post nerf. So now that Quillboard's have been in the game a lot, you know, for a while, we've kind of seen how do Quillboard's play? How are good they are? They still played right? Sometimes um, minion types will get nerfed and then they disappear from the meta. I don't really think that's happened with Quillboard's. Uh, I do also think that you don't see Quillboard's every game or or Quillboard's aren't. Like if you look at the minion 
activity from your opponents, right? In every game, Quibbers are in every game, but they're not going to be represented in every game. But I do, however, think that some of the strongest compositions include Quibbers in some uh, capacity. So it's not like they've relatively disappeared. Um, I, I do want to think, I think the most important reason why it's not like hype, everyone's running Hyper Roll, Tier 6, 5, 6, Quibor compositions. I think the most important reason is because the MMR has settled down. Uh, now that you're you're not getting like rewarded, right? If you lose, you're gonna take, uh, you're gonna lose a lot of MMI, right? People aren't going like, oh, I'll just level to six, you know, da da da. See if I hit it. If I don't hit, it, I don't care, right? People now care, right? So they're playing a lot safer. You're seeing a lot of people like staying on four, trying to go for a more regular scaling comp, things like that. I've seen a lot more weaker compositions uh, this week than <laughs> the last week because people aren't just like going super. Uh, donkey leveling and then just like seeing if they hit it, if they hit, don't hit it, they don't care, right? People start caring, so they're playing safer. So I think that's a really important reason why um, it doesn't look as crazy anymore. Not to say that people aren't hitting the nuts, right? I always see reforms with like golden six drops, two golden six drops, and I'm just like, yep, that's reform. And I'm just like, it's like turn 10. Why do you have this? But yeah, you know. The high roll potential is still there. However, it's not common. Um, it's definitely a high roll. It, it's not like a every every game thing. But um, the Quibbers are good. Are still pretty good. Bonkers definitely toned down a little bit. You don't see uh, all the bonkers. Tough Tusk still played, but it's 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 not like oh. I mean, it's it's like really good early, and then mid game it's like whatever, and then sometimes. Yeah in the late game you might see it but it it's like you're not you're not like scared of a tusk of a tough tusk or a bristle back or any of those like early scaling units unless you see them early so i think uh, the the ones the ones you're afraid of is people at power level and they get bannered or brutes and you're just like yeah okay that's just gonna sit there and get bigger and bigger right yeah. or just any any early brute when they have um like a bacon guy to sell or something like that I, i'd say that's probably the one where if I'm power leveling, that's what I'm looking for. Brute plus synergy, because I can carry for a long time. But a banner bore in isolation, right? That used to be a snap before the nerf. Now, not so much. Yeah, so things are a little bit different. Have you noticed uh, anything in particular with Quobors? Yeah, so I will say that the strongest composition, we talked about it a bit before, right? It's just Flat Tusk Agam. I think if you get those two cards together, Agam is the... Light Fang Quillbore and Ag and uh, Tough Tusk is the whenever you spend three gold, you get a blood gem. Those two just scale your entire board faster than anything out there right now. So whenever I'm shooting for a six drop, that's pretty much what I'm aiming for. I'm looking for Tough Tusk. Because either you can pump Shaker or you can pump Agam, or it's not even the worst thing ever to just have say a Pumba on the board so your gems are plus two plus two and you just gem in a deflecto and you're saying well every turn this deflecto gets plus 10 plus 10 or something like that um so it seems like there is no real downside to shooting for a flat tusk let's say when you're shooting for a Kali, you have that weakness where you need to transition into a dragon board so you don't really want to do it unless your board has dragons on it with flat tusk there isn't really a board where i say oh i can't support a flat tusk 
same thing with Eliza. You know, like, oh, this board can't support Eliza. Eliza supports the board. <laughs> she just sits there and <laughs> like, like, I'm here, right? I'm going to carry you guys. And it feels the same thing with Flapdesk. For sure, on the very, very turn you get her, especially if you can't spend any more gold, she's just, what is it, a 9-6 or so. But then directly the turn after, there is insane potential if you roll into a shaker. She just carries round after round where you don't have to really worry about losing because pretty much your entire board gets poisoned when you have an early shaker Flapdesk. You get four or five triggers a turn. And then if you get Agam, or especially if you're doing something silly, I think I got like a Zephyrus where I was able to hero power Agam early after tripling into a um, a flat tusk. And then, you know, every gem is plus two, plus two on your different types. You might even run a duo so that the duo is also soaking if you don't have the perfect menagerie setup. So I, I will say in terms of Quillbores, that is by far the scariest thing out there. Especially on a millhouse, it's so nutty, right? Millhouse, just buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell, gem, 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 buff, 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 buff. So a millhouse with a flat tusk and agam is just nutty, super, super strong. And then she works really well with a shaker. And then the the uh, other, problem, yeah. go ahead. I haven't played millhouse. That's all. <laughs> ah, right, yeah. Millhouse is a different discussion. He feels. I feel like I've been hitting my triples, so it's been great. But it feels a little weird, obviously, when you're sitting on nine gold, usually, right? You level to four on eight gold, and on nine gold, you're like, all right, triple. So I can level to six, I can level to five, pull my six. No? Okay, no, okay. So usually I'll just roll on four and then, you know, try to still get the six of the turn after. Makes sense, makes sense, yeah. I, 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 I fought a millhouse with that comp. And I was like, how is he so strong? And now it makes but sense. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> ridiculous. You just know, like, the millhouse just buys the shop the whole time. Yeah. Right? And, like, and if you have a brand, oh, my God, right? You get brand Murazant, you're like, oh, print money. Oh, let's go. Gems just, oh, brand with a gem generator. Dun, 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 dun. You just, oh, my God. Just, the only reason it's a little bit awkward is because board space is very premium. Yeah, when you're playing yeah. this comp, right? Because you have to play two boards to begin with and you're a menagerie. So then if you're running the brand, that means you only have four other slots and you're probably going to want a buff slot as well. So it means you can only run three other types, which is totally fine, right? If you can get Divine Shield Dragon, Divine Shield Elemental, Murloc, or an Amalgadon or whatnot, and then the you rest gotta is You got to have a Cleave, right? you know. Cleave, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say Beaster you... out. Let's say Mexer <laughs> Yeah, no, obviously. You know, as many shields as you can, as many Cleaves as you can. And then it, it just it scales like crazy. Um, it's definitely up to your opponent at that point to beat you because you will win the stat war. They will need to do poison scam. So a lot of the time you can already just start holding selfless in your hand because you get rewarded for buying minions anyway. And then you can just um, like transfer out of your buff slot or whatever you had to run a golden selfless and look for the Baron. Sounds good. Sounds good. Any other crowbars that are interesting to talk about now that a week has passed? Um, that well, you've been surprised yeah. about or, or so specifically, I guess. So there's there's two things you I've already talked about it, and we'll talk about it more later as well. The the ground the shaker comp. Oh, okay. Um, well, the ground shaker comp for me is definitely a, a steady go to whenever mm -hmm. I have the pieces required. Um, but there'll be a topic later on where you know cover a little bit of that. So I'm not going to go too in depth. But I will say that the Divine Shield Quillbore for me has been great to triple into whenever I'm playing a more tempo-oriented hero and I really want Divine Shields. So let's say I'm playing Rakanishu. Uh, getting that one is like, ooh, that's that's tasty, right? That's plus four, plus four on that thing every round. 
you're playing Mukla and you've been hold, like a lot of the times I'll gather two micro mummies when I'm playing Mukla and then I'll freeze the third one in the shop. I hit nine gold. I've leveled to four the turn before that. I buy the mummy, triple into the shield, unload all the bananas on there. Boom, big ass uh, bristleback knight, I believe she's called. I'm not yes, sure. But... Yes. So that is very, very, um, I will say that that cart definitely comes in handy when you just need a carry, right? You need something to absorb buffs. So I've gotten more respect for that card because she can she can really do some nasty things where uh, if she gets this, the second hit is always the one where you're like, hold your breath, don't kill yourself. <laughs> okay, she hit a token. It's fine. We get the shield again. So nice. Yeah, I dude, that card is nuts. Honestly, uh, when you can like, usually what happens is I have a bunch of gems on something and I take two gems and I, I, I fuse them into the bristleback and I'm just like, yes, 100, 100 or 80, 80 bristleback. Let's go. And then it solos the enemy board. And I'm just like, how is this right? <laughs> like, but yeah, no poison is GG at that point. Yeah, sure. it's, it's, it's so ridiculous. So I, I like it, it's a deflect on in, in a sense, sometimes on steroids because it, it has better base stats, but, um, uh, the reset is nice. It just it just allows you to um, beat up like if 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 you have a, a similar tempo board and someone has the and you have the bristle back right, you're getting that three for one or or sometimes four for one where the other person gets that two for one or one for one with their minions right. So you're getting you're getting so like that could be the difference maker a lot of times. So I, I do think it's it's very good card when it's it has stats. Uh, uh, into it right i think if you're playing menagerie it's the best one to pick up uh for just a, yeah, for a, sure. a clean menagerie so uh, i do like the card i think it makes a lot of sense and um i guess something to talk about is charlie right um like how has charlie been for you the now that he's a 4-4 and doesn't buff himself i still pick him i still um but it's not like um the issue is it's not pick him and do nothing you know i've you know, pick him and i won like it's it's more pick him. Oh, now I need like the beast synergy. Da 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 da. da. I need divine shield synergy. Da da da. Uh, it's not gonna win the game. And then like later on, you sell him to put like a selfless in, right? So uh, it's you can't keep him, right? He's not a part of the key comp um, uh, these days. But if you can get him early, the problem a lot of times the main issue is you'll get that charlie and then you don't have any buff targets right so you're you still have to look for the buff targets right if you get the charlie and you already have like three divine shields right you're like okay like i'm gonna keep these minions right so i'm getting i'm getting value with it right but a lot of times you'll get you'll you'll look at your board and it's like okay I, I, there's a charlie here i get it and then i don't have any minions i want to keep right so you're just like eh. I hope I hit some something dir uh, directly, or you know, you'll have you'll see like a cleave in the shop or like a hydra, right? And it's like, oh, it's a three three hydra, like <laughs> a three five hydra. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel fast enough, right? A lot of the time. So I, for for me, it's just been like, okay, I guess it'll proc my shaker? Question mark. Right. So it's just been very very much like get it and then sell it whenever i need board space pretty much immediately anytime it's good i have other synergies with it you know like it's like usually it's like charlie and the double and then the beast 
right? And I'm playing like Menagerie or something like that, and, I, and then I'm just like yeah, running yeah. in the Menagerie comp with with that as like an engine, an extra engine, or something. And then it's like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think it's very like you mentioned, good complementary. Where oh, that can be my Quillbore, my beast, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, cool. Then I'll just double dip, right? Where my Light Fang or my Brand is gonna buff, and then. I'm getting another plus two plus two from a Charlie and the Boar, but it feels like way too much investment to have that be your engine, right? And then like the rest, just I feel like that's not even great. Where you're just building a board of, it feels like that's too slow, right? Where you get yeah. the Charlie, then you have to look for the beast, then you have to start putting divine yeah. shields on your board, like you mentioned. I, like I, I, yeah, you, I need yeah. all of that already. You know, yeah. It, like. Yeah. It, it by itself is too slow. It's, like I didn't think. It not buffing itself would be that big, as well as the base stats. I didn't think those changes would be like that big of a like of a nerf, but it ended up being where I'm like, oh, I don't like instead of having like a like the minion to rely on and then all the buffs, right? It's like I don't have a minion to rely on, so I don't, like I just die to an M mama. <laughs> <laughs> it just solos, solos everything, yes. Instead of having that 8-8 eight, eight to like, or 9-9 nine, nine to one-shot one, to one shot, uh, the minions, right? It's it's getting free value and things like that. So um, I think that that has been, like, my the surprising or the most surprising nerf that's been active. Where I'm like, oh, well, actually effective. You know, I, I thought, um, I thought that uh charlie plus the beast would be would still be op and it is like to be fair it, it is still really good if you can get both of them right but i thought like it wouldn't change anything in a sense where like oh you get it you get it you still insta win now you you get it you get it it's not insta win you still have to work you still have to think about uh what what you're going to do with your board or what you're going to add to the board so yeah any, any extras no all right, we can... I'm going over the list mentally. I think we've had most of the boars where, like, early you're still happy to get that brute. Yeah, you still don't like the road boar. Just uh, uh, so road boar, I think the nerf definitely hit it, and it's not like I have too big of an issue with it right now. Okay. It's, it's annoying when someone, uh, let's say, gets it early on the very first chop five gold especially if that's someone is say a kale tass or anyone that had a bacon guy so you get the instant plus two plus two i think it's still just dumb that a card is scaling that early on but now that it's a one four you have a bad fight at least right? <laughs> yeah. so you have, to, you have to at least look at it and be like huh because then if you take it as a one four and then for some reason someone's got a four four taunt you're just like oh yeah you're screwed yeah, that's this thing is not gonna do anything anymore so, yeah like making it into a one for at least now there is some thought through it to it whereas before it'd be like robo snap right like insta let's go because it was just you know the the murloc is a two four right obviously you know it, it has an effect where it scales as more murlocs are on the board but oftentimes you're just like okay i guess a two four body will have to do and you know a two four body that scales it's insane so now that it's a one four at least you have to give it a little bit of consideration okay Right. I, that's the one I wanted to to see if things have changed there. Our next topic shall be best six drop units. This is theoretically the last of the series, unless there's best seven drop units coming in next turn, which you know it might happen. We'll see. Uh, but a little bit. 
here I was I was also having a little bit of issue figuring what to put in here. I bet I you'd be happy if I had a flat tusk instead of the Charles, right? Now that I think oh, about, of right. Course, of course, yeah. of course. I knew I figured I'd put that in as like a stand-in for both of them. You know, like oh yeah, we'll sure. talk about Crowbars. Yeah, but other than that, you know, um, there are a lot of six drops, right? Six drops are where a lot of the directional units can be, can be where the most powerful units should be, right? Not always true sometimes when they get balanced wrong, you know, genies and whatnot. But uh, a lot of times this is where you want to find things that can facilitate your game plan or be the difference maker in, in battles, right? So, you know, Faux Reaper can be the difference maker. Boats can be the difference maker in Mamas, you know, things like that. As well as Kelly goes, Eliza, Flat Tusk, Charles, right? Those can facilitate your game plan. Maybe Charles a little bit less, but Flat Tusk for sure. Um, Goldrin, uh, there's a lot of them out there that can be, once you get this particular piece, then you're like, okay, I know what to do with the rest of my board rack and I can go from there. So, um, and then always Amalgadon, you know, I, I would still say, one of the best cards if you know if not the best card in the game right where divine shield golden amalgadon yeah two for ones every time pretty much and 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 has that consistency factor and sometimes the plants are like difference the difference maker i've had a couple of games where you know at first i'm like ah oh, plants why and then like the plants are the one thing that gives you like the damage you need to kill you're playing you're like plants yes you know da, da, da. and then sometimes you put the amalgadon early so that it dies early and then the plants can pop divine shields for you or something like that and that can be the difference maker so there's a there's a bit of um variability or variety where you can adjust how you utilize the Amagadon based on what uh, adapts you get. So there's a lot to it. It's also a battle cry, you know, synergize with Kelly Ghost. Synergize with every comp, really. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm never really sad that I have a golden, I mean, a divine shield poison Amagadon. Like, ah, this is comp. I guess maybe it's like scam comp where scam, you can't afford yeah, to sure. have it on your board, but sure. for the most, for, well, pirate scam in that case, obviously poison scam and divine shield poison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Different scam comp. Uh, uh, but, so, so when you're, when you're talking about Amalgadon, I think for sixes, a lot of it for me is evaluation. How happy am I tripling into this early? Right. Um, but there's a difference between how happy am I tripling into this early and then just picking it up later once you already have your comp. See, I do both. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's why not, this right? is a lot harder for me, you know. I'm yeah. sure when you come to best four dropping this, you have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah. I, I guess what I'm trying to ask is when you see an amalgadon in the discovery pool early, and let's say you got like three adapts or so, like where does that rank for you? Is it like uh don't really like it or ooh, sweet uh, I will not take it if there's a better directional unit. So Amalgadons are more like late game finishers. Like I finish the board with an Amalgadon. Where if it's early, I've got like four dragons, easy Caligos. If I have a Swabby, easy Eliza. Even if I don't have a Swabby, <laughs> easy Eliza. Yeah, you know, I've, yeah. I've got a hook tusk. I mean, a flat tusk. Okay, I know what to do there. Let me let me start you know jamming the blood gems. Charles, I better hope I have synergy and my minions I want to keep, you know, things like that, right? Uh, for Reaper, yeah, that, that one I pick early sometimes because I'm like, ah, this 
I can keep and go into a menagerie and this will be like my base and I can buff it with a divine shield or yeah, with a divine shield and then go from there. And that's like, it's like a base of a menagerie without having the menagerie, but the other options weren't good, weren't, aren't, aren't any direction at all, right? This one can be direction. Sometimes you just pick it up and you find a better strategy and then you just have a for reaper for a while and it's like, okay, it's still a cleave, whatever, I it's fine. Boat, same thing, right? You have a boat for a while and it's like, ah, you know, keep me a healthy, right? Sometimes, you know, you get a boat, let's level the six. Hey, the boat will keep me alive. <laughs> and it works. It's a, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Goldrin, if you have a macaw, Goldrin, easy, easy direction there. And, um, you know, Imp Mama, sometimes you're running jugglers and then you, you look like, sometimes you're running jugglers, you don't need a six. But if you get a six and it's like, Imp Mama, yeah, okay. That is, that will clean out my composition there. So, um, Magadon, uh, is good. I like finishing with it, but I do pick it up early if I don't have any direction, right? Like if the other units aren't better and then if I, if there is a direction and it makes sense, then I'll, I'll take the direction over the Magadon. Yeah, I guess the, the, like when I talk about six drops, the vast, vast majority of the time it will be, oh, I'm on, I just went. I, so I found a triple, I went to five and I pulled the six drop, right? So that's usually the context I'm talking about uh, when I'm referring to six drops. And in that context, the, the top hits for me would be, obviously, you know, it's dependent on what your board looks like, but in a vacuum, it would be flat tusk, number one, just because there are those two cards. We I want to guess for you, but yeah. <laughs> right, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, Okay, why why not? Go ahead. All right, make my list. Make my make my top five. There we go. Top five, huh? Yeah, top. What's my top five? Okay, Flat Tusk number one. Eliza number two. Right, that's probably easy. Uh, number three. It then it starts going into like tempo stuff. Even <laughs> it's a little bit also depending on your boards, right? So it's it's hard to. So call, maybe Caligos, and then um, I wonder what you want for tempo. Even Amalgadon would be there, and then, like, is it boat or is it, like, gas crawler boat, that kind of stuff? Imp-Mama. Imp-Mama. Gas crawler boat, Imp-Mama. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, so usually I'll go, um, like, Flatless, Kaliza, those are the easy ones where we're like, yeah. oh, they're really good. Then for me, Imp-Mama is, like, a really solid third. Obviously, you know, like, Goldrin is the pick if there's, like, a Macar in the shop and stuff, but that's all situational, yeah. right? Yeah. We're talking about you don't have any real feedback. Um like especially you you mentioned juggler for him mama but harbinger is the nuts right that's you i forget about that taunt, yeah, yeah, yeah. she then gets buffed by the taunt the taunt is a void lord you're like oh so many buffs right so it's really good. cat is always like ah oh, can't you skip harbinger shady would be so sad <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. oh man i'm just like yeah whatever but we definitely up there as well by the way because like you mentioned, it's just it's just you're never really sad to have the full reaper, right? Whereas some six drops you pull them, you're like, uh, oh, might have to sell it later, right? Whereas with a full reaper, that's not the case. So I guess we got flat tusk, Eliza, then Mama, Full Reaper, Gas Coiler. I believe that would be it. And then boats definitely up there. Like if you need a pick me up, right? Essentially if you whiff, right? You don't okay. get what you want. Ty's you completely pick wrong. It's, well, it's I mean you mentioned tusk, Cali, Eliza, which, and then yeah. all tempo. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, let's say I have yeah, three yeah, dragons know, on my board. I know, I know, but sure, this right? makes sense to me, like, from, from your standpoint. Just all tempo afterwards. If you would do, like, a poll or, like, an analysis of which six drops I take, I'm pretty sure it'd be 
roughly that order. Right? It's you'd literally see, all oh, tempo, actually. And let's be honest. <laughs> it's it's like Eliza's oh, tempo. That's <laughs> an insane scaling option. Yeah, concept. but it's, it's it's tempo too. <laughs> you just pick it and just you're like, ah, ground shaker, oh, agum, let's just tempo it out. You know, it's just all tempo. It's really not. Oh, I mean, you know me, man. That's all. Like, <laughs> Fair enough. Where I'm just like, ah, direction. Okay, I'll take a, I'll take Kelly. Goes. Okay, I'll take Golden. Okay, I'll take a, you know, like <laughs> without any. I mean, I'll take a, I'll take Charles. You know, oh yeah, give me Charles. You know, you're just like, no, give me Flatus. I think it's interesting. Makes this game so fun, man. There's just different ways to play as well. Yeah, very like fair. That really well. Alright, so that's uh, that's our thoughts on six drops. I, I think so. we've done all of them so far, but I feel like it's, it's still raw. Like, there's <laughs> still like more to talk about. And, and especially with like meta shifts and stuff like that right sometimes that can change um, yeah, things sure. a little bit too. absolutely but generally uh, i would say the good units stay good um i wouldn't necessarily say that bad units become good all too often without any nurse or things like that and or good units become bad all too often without nurse right tokens have been good since the beginning um spawn's been good since the beginning right oh there's only when uh like um pew pew cannon came in right where you're like ah, you know i'd rather have that over a spawn but before it was like just spawn all the time um for threes like you know deflecto has always been good kobold right same thing right um when bronze warden came in right it was pretty much good from the get-go right it never was like became bad or, or anything right so the good units kind of you know, they retain their value, right? There's something about them that make them playable, right? So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that the minions that we talk about in like uh, two months, three months from now would be like, ah, oh, do you remember when we said Four Reef was a good card? <laughs> what a joke, right? Like it's it's, it's not uh, very likely to happen, right? There's always something intrinsic about like having a cleave or having some scaling that uh, retains its value. So I, I do think... Uh, uh, if you have listened to all of them, right there, uh, you you should be able to identify what makes a card good, right? Like why why is this good, right? It has divine shield, it has cleave, it has good base stats, blah, blah, blah. and you like and even when new cards pop up, right? Like a new three drop, right? A new blah blah blah, right? Based on like experience and like looking at the stats, you should be able to like, okay, this was an okay card. I mean, we just did have a uh, uh, expansion, and we weren't always right. <laughs> Right on a lot of them, so you know that goes without saying. You know, not everything's gonna be perfect, and you do have to play with them to really understand how good a card is. But um, it should be easier to get an idea of how good a card will be based on um, just its stats and how things look. So I, I do think that is very interesting. Anyways, next topic we shall be talking about a Reddit post that uh, our good friend Shitty made called Confessions of a Scammer. You know, we posted in Bob's Tavern. I think it's it was a very interesting read about how to play the meta, especially if you really value tempo. You don't like that high roll gameplay that I like play a lot, right? Where if you don't hit something perfect, right? You're really gonna struggle uh, to salvage the game or something like that, or you lose outright if you don't find the right hits, right? This is a more very 
consistent, very clean, gradual power scaling where you can very easily get top fours a lot. And then if you get lucky, you don't even need to get lucky. If you just find the right pieces, you can clean out a top two, a top one sometimes, depending on how strong your opponents uh, have, how, how nutty they are. So I didn't write this, so I don't know why I'm talking about it, but yeah, I'll go. Yeah, yeah take it away, my friend. Yeah, so I, I just felt like writing like the the start of the week, or just like, all right, well, let's let's just see where this goes. I I didn't even know I was gonna write this particular thing, but it's like, all right, let's just write about the meta. And then the biggest thing that that really clicked for me was just not leveling to five, unless I thought there was a very clear reason that I was allowed to do that. Um, obviously there's different ways to play it. I also mentioned that in the post, you can level to five and just get lucky and just use that as a acceptable risk where you say, okay, I just whiffed, uh, I'm going to die because I didn't hit, you know, the light fangs or anything to stabilize. But I think for a lot of people that are learning, you know, that do not have our experience, our just vast amount of games, it can just be very frustrating. Like it was for me when you're like, oh, what happened to this game? Yeah, like. You know, it was a ghost. I leveled to five, or like he leveled, so I leveled with him. Like I don't know, like why did I die? And it's like, well, you didn't really have a very strong board, or you didn't have a good start. So what did you expect was going to happen when you went to five, and the other guy's tripling into Eliza, and you're not, right? Like it's not going to be a good time. So yeah, I just said, okay, well, what what then, right? And I was like, oh well, I guess I just write about the things I do while I'm on four because I can I can already see telling people to stay on four be like this four thing it sucks man <laughs> uh, I usually play menagerie menagerie on four sucks man like what do you do instead of the light fangs like well no you play you play very particular comps when you're on four so the the four comps that I talked about I'm not gonna go like super in depth of course on the podcast we'll be, I mean if you want well I mean we'll give them a link right if they want to read we'll <laughs> yeah give that's a, true um, but yeah, so the four comps that I covered were Taunt Comp, of course. I think that is the, the dominant one you play on four. Then there is Mechs, which is oftentimes a bit of a mix of Taunt Comp, where you like, you know, any anytime you have a module on something, Arm of the Empire becomes good. Even if it's only one unit, it's still good. And then eventually you find another module or you Argus. Even your Deflectos, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've figured out is that I think you want to get out of mechs and into taunt if possible, because it is just in like oh, I've had so many top ones where my opponent was scaling like crazy, but I had two deflectos in the back with a golden arm. The deflectos are taunted. I have a golden champion, and then my front like two or three minions are just resets, and then just like slam into a fifty damage deflector shield, and then my egg dies. Boop! Here we go again. The, the, the deflectors have their shield back. And it can be it can be an insane amount of resets that you get if you're a little bit lucky with the attacks. So usually, whenever I have a mech setup, I'll just if I have a mech setup with arm and I'll find an Argus, I'll just taunt my deflectors and I'll get out of you know the traditional mech setup and I'll just turn it into an arm comp. Um, the third one would be Harbinger comp, which is something I never really took the time to properly words it was always just something that i did and i was like well what am i doing when i'm playing harbingers uh, and and that's where the the imp mama came up as well where it's like oh yeah well the games where i do take number one with harbingers on my board it's pretty much just harbingers acolyte of cthulhu deflecto in the front 
and then then mama somewhere in the middle just soaking all those buffs and just keep going and keep summoning and and obviously void lord is also phenomenal if you're running harbinger and then the last one is the new addition to the tier four strategies with the piggy meta it's ground shaker comp which to a large degree emulates arm comp which is just divine shields and you have your ground shaker that you are funneling gems into to just be be big and and i think that's also where that flat tusk uh, love comes from right now because i know that once you have a flat tusk and a ground shaker it's extremely difficult to not top four because you're just you're huge right unless you are just blatantly not adding any decent oh buff targets right you might just have a bunch of regular boars and you're like oh well all my boars have high attack is like well yeah all they need is two shields right and you're not trading well but if you have say an egg with a module on it and in front is a hydra or something and then you just pump a bunch of attack well yeah you have a cleave and a big divine shield with a egg attached to it you're gonna you're gonna clean out most people and it's it's only when you start meeting those extremely high roll guys that have more attack than you have when you've shakered your guys it's like okay i see like 60 health guys that's way too much for me so yeah th this comp has been really fun to play the ground shaker comp because it's so it's monka steer if i'd have to put it into you know for anyone who's not too familiar with twitch you're just trying to navigate a very tricky spot where you have to sell units all the time because you need to create a buff slot where you can buy sun bacon sell some bacon play the crystal or, or pretty much any unit that produces blood gems and a lot of the time that is okay so i've had this thorn collar on my board for a long time but now i need to sell it because thorn collar inherently is a great minion for this composition because it's a gem generator but it's not very good in the fight and now i need to go all in and I need to replace it with a selfless or something like that so yeah that, that would probably be it. I guess that, that would that would tie me into what I wanted to talk about is Thorncaller in particular, uh, about the boars, I forgot about it. That is a minion that really surprised me, where I am super happy buying this on Tier 3, and I'm experimenting with buying it on Tier 4. I usually have some pretty like set rules of what I want to buy on what tier, and a lot of the time I try to avoid buying Tier 3 minions on 4 unless it's something like crazy good, like an arm or deflecto. And Torn Collar, I'm seeing if I want to make that exception for that card as well. Because it's it's so good on tier three when I buy it, because it just opens up a lot of these strategies where once you have a Thorn Collar on your board, you can just buy Brute, you can just buy um Shaker, you can use um you can use them on a deflecto, like worst case, your deflecto is practically scaling. So yeah, uh I guess I'm rattling a little bit, right? But that's, nah, that's it's, it's perfectly fine. All right, all right, but that's the post. The post is essentially what happens when you don't get the nuts? What happens when you're not playing my Ev and you're not tripling into two six drops? When you're not me. You... Yeah, when you're not Collins. Right? Every <laughs> Collins game is every every game is a double six drop game, right? But let's say you're a, you're a mere mortal. You're playing and you're just like not getting what you usually win with, right? You don't get your early Light Fangs. You don't get your early Eliza or whatnot. What do you do then apart from just getting top eight and saying, well, this Bob guy sucks, right? Um, this is the, the 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 plan B, I would say. Right, this document, this plan B. Um, the title is "Confessions of a Scammer: How to Gain MMR You're Not Supposed to." And I think that suits it up the best. In games where you're supposed to lose MMR, how do you turn it into a positive MMR game? Yeah, and and reading it myself, I think there's a lot of good tips, especially like for someone like myself. Right, I don't necessarily get the nuts every game. Right, and 
I will do a lot of these strategies like absentmindedly, right? Like just like, ah, uh, I know I can't level here because I'll die. All right, I'm on four. What do I do? I'll make serve available. I'll go deflectors. Oh, uh, I see a cool board. Da, da, da. I can do ground shaker for a turn. Da, da, da. Go there. Uh, Tonk comp. You know, if I get that arm, let's go. Right. I just like it's, it's an absent-minded game plan that's very similar here, but I haven't like put it into words. You know, I run guides before, but not recently just because, you know, there's a lot of effort. You know, you know how it is, but uh, it is it is something that I think um, if you struggle, especially when you don't hit whatever you're looking for normally, I think this is a good read just to realize there's a lot more compositions out there than just like the standard hit Cali Ghost and win, right? Like sometimes when you're looking at other people play, right? If they hit a Cali Ghost, they play perfect. If they don't hit a Cali Ghost, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's some problems <laughs> you know they don't know what to do essentially it's it's it uh, uh it becomes a struggle for uh, for their game plan so just being aware that okay um there's these moons in the shop i can actually use them to to make a comp that's pretty powerful okay let's let's do it and be confident okay i can do this and it will, it will do well right that's that's always good to have in the back of your head where it's like okay i can do this okay i didn't get what i want i could do this so i didn't get what i want i could do this right and the more comps you know the more viable strategies you have right the likelihood you'll see a, a, a role in the shop and be like okay there's direction whereas normally people see a role in the shop and be like roll again roll again okay roll again i'm dead now <laughs> like, like you know uh, which you know sometimes when i'm tired that's how i play <laughs> you know i'm just rolling for a triple i don't have it i'm dead all right let's move on you know but uh the more you know uh, confident you have with these kind of uh secondary strategies or even primary strategies right if you really like doing them uh, it gives you, it's definitely the difference between, you know, that extra 100 MMR a day or, or something like that when, whenever you play a lot. So I do think it was a really good read. So I wanted to put it in there. Anyways, next topic. I thought you were going to go into this topic already, but you haven't. So have, we can, do, <laughs> we can totally go into it. Clean transition. Clean. Clean. What do you do when there are no mechs in the lobby? You know, so this is a very interesting situation that comes up because uh, mechs are, we've talked about this a little bit before where, um, before, like to an extent, right? To an extent, where, like, how sometimes you play differently because there's a minion type that is not available, right? Like, we, we were talking about Murlocs in the previous, um, example where if there are no murlocs right you could do a lot more crazy things battle master becomes insane you can you can you see more elemental games because there's no like murloc punish where people just have like one one poison murloc and then bam you know da, 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 right so uh, games are different because some minion types are they have like sp specific unique uh things about them that other minion types can't uh emulate so mechs are one of them right we're not talking about murlocs we're talking about mechs here mechs they have the divine shield engine they have the ability to give a malgadon's divine shield they have uh they're very good at tier four and they also very good at uh supplementing taunt comps and things like that so um you know for me in particular 
I look at it from like a, a Tavern 5, Tavern 6 perspective, right? Where it's not as bad um, because the, the, the real issue is like with Menagerie. Um, that's, that's where it really affects me, right? Where if I'm going Menagerie and there's no mechs, that, that's, that's a lot of value I lose, right? Because if I go Amalgadon and I don't hit Divine Shield, well, then that's, that, that, it's not getting Divine Shield pretty much unless I triple have three, two more Amalgadons. Ooh, yeah. Every game that happens. So, you know, it basically means that Amalgadon doesn't have it. It means that it's a lot harder to get easy cleave or easy cleave. It's a lot harder to get easy Divine Shield for your, your composition. So when you're getting, when your Menagerie comp is like Pirates, you know, dragons sometimes elementals and stuff like that right and you're not getting as many divines as you are so your your menagerie comp doesn't look as like clean or strong things like that right it's very good if you have like a deflectobond and a malgadon with the divine shield reset then you put the put you can put the deflecto first then you go in then the malgadon gets hit the get malgadon gives you the reset for your your bond you're like ah so clean such a good menagerie comp right when mechs gone you don't have any of that um as well, it also makes the six drops a little bit weaker because Fall Reaper is pretty pretty nice uh, in terms of like giving you something early so that you can transition to a menagerie or transition to just like some other composition. So I do miss that. Um, Kanger doesn't really matter too much, and the and and Sneeds and and whatnot is not like a worst case scenario if there's no Sneeds in the pool, right? It's really just the loss of Divine Shields from your Mugron and the loss of a clean Menagerie setup. But when it comes to Tier 4, which, you know, Shady has a lot to talk about here, I, I think the impact is a, a little bit bigger. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, 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 I'll start with this, where if mechs are out and I do not get a high roll hero or a hero that facilitates high rolling, we're talking about Maev, we're talking about Rafam, we're talking about Omen, we're talking about pretty much anyone that can either level, like, I say anyone I can level, it's pretty much just Omu, maybe a crag, <laughs> maybe bank or so, but let's let's just say Omu right now is the one that gets to just go to five slash six and just buy things straight away. The rest is pretty much just uh, trying to generate tier one pairs and then tripling and then, you know, Maev does that like no other right now with the hero power. Rafam still does it okay, right? And then you have a couple other heroes like your Jandis or your Hook Dusk, right? That are really good at that. But if I don't hit any of those heroes and mechs are out, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 what am I going to do here? <laughs> right? It's like I'm instantly on the back foot. And that's why I dislike the Quillbore patch, not necessarily because I say, like, oh, there's something wrong with Quillbores, because I actually kind of enjoy playing with them. I think that right now they're fair and it's actually quite challenging to make the right play every turn. But the fact that three types are out really, really increases the frequency of, you know, because the combination of not getting a great hero and mechs being out was not super often before the patch, right? When only two types are out. You'd be like, okay, well, it happened. You know, usually I just, I didn't pay too much attention to it. I'd be like, all right, well, let's just try to high roll, right? And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Like, Ysera is a lot of the times one of my go-to heroes because I'm just like, all right, we make dragon pairs. Tier four isn't really a thing. I want to see if I hit the Cali, right? And that, you know, I, I think I'm about 50 50 on those games. They're like 50 50, <laughs> like first place. Uh, it either works or it doesn't. But I don't think that's a great strat, at least for me. Like, I don't enjoy playing like that. And I don't think it's great for my MMR either. <clears throat> so, like, I'm just trying to figure out how to mitigate the, the damage, right, to my playstyle when I'm in a no mech lobby. And one thing that I have been trying is just 
really leaning into tier one pairs, even when I feel like, mm, like for so for instance, let's say there's two micro mummies in the shop. A lot of the time I will just freeze and I'll just hope that I get a token or I'll hope that I get something to fix the we We're talking but, about the, But that's, no, yeah. that, that's a mech. Yeah, um, okay, so whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you, good point. Good point, right? You see how heavily I'm just leading back, right? I'm like, oh, my from Army, right? But Rockpool Hunters, right? We'll call them Rockpool Hunters, right? <laughs> All right, so there's two Rockpool Hunters in the shop. Like, I'll be very, very inclined to just try to make that work. Say, okay, well, I know that because well, what's the implication of mechs being out, right? Let's take that a bit further because you, you might hear me like, well, why can't you just still do Taunt Gump and all that? Well, if you remove module, like that is an insanely big nerf, right? Colin talked about how it's annoying to not be able to fix your Malgadon. How about if it's annoying if you can't get your comp, right? This is like <laughs> a lot of the time you start off taunt comp by, oh, oh nice, I have a module on this thing. It's amazing. Now, now I can scale up my champion. Now I can scale up my arm. That does not happen anymore. You cannot buy eggs. You cannot get the Flecto. Uh, if you're power leveling early, you cannot get a Sensei, right? All these things do not happen anymore. So for... For me, the, the game feels like it is more, you know, hit or die kind of meta. And the middle has been kind of cut out. Not entirely, right? There are games where you're just, oh, I just hit, you know, Bulvar and Argus and Arm. And oh, I'm kind of just playing Taunt Comp anyway. But it is much harder to set up. And therefore, it's just rarer to see that Taunt Comp or any other like super nice tier four strategy um, gets off the ground. I, I guess. Uh, dragons and elementals are the next things you're looking at when mechs are out. If those are out as well, you're like, oh my god, because those are all the divine shields, right? So that's your bread and butter when you're playing tier four comp. Is a lot of the time you're just trying to do anything with divine shields because a ground shaker comp requires you to have divine shields above. Um, our arm comp obviously requires you to have divine shields above. And a lot of the tempo heroes, like a Kale, likes to hit the Divine Shield, a Sarfang. I've actually been playing a little Sarfang here and there. Um, he really wants the Divine Shield, the hero power, of course. So yeah, those, those non-mech lobbies for me, uh, they are frustrating, but I'm trying to find a workaround. And, and right now, tier one pairs, even if I'm not someone like Amayev or Afam, is what I'm leaning towards. Because it feels like in those games, you can either triple into a four and just get lucky, right? Like get your um, get your gold grubber, like we mentioned earlier, or maybe a really early bonker. Um, but if you're strong enough, if you're say high rolling, you have your tier one pair and you just have spawn, then you might just want to turn that into a six up straight away, because other people are also less dominant in the mid game because they are not going to have that moduled mech. They are um, less likely to have those really strong tier four units when mechs are out. They could still just have a high roll within a matron or something like that. But it feels like it's a little bit more doable in this game. So just try to high roll. So then I, I try to pick a hero that facilitates that. So something like Sky Captain Crag, where I can just have my tier one pairs and then just, oh, here's my triple. Let me just use the piggy bank to level straight to five, get the triple, pull a six. So I'm essentially trying to avoid playing the heroes that I would normally play that are that I'm fine with, like a Kale like a Sarfang, like anyone that facilitates taunt comp essentially. Syndragosa is another one. Syndragosa also really takes a big hit when mechs around. I wonder if, um, I want to take a look at like 
what are what's in the pool when I see everyone have a weak board? You know, I wonder if it's like Max Dragon Elementals are out, and it's like ah, that's why everyone is weak. There are no divine shields this game. That is interesting because I I do notice sometimes when I'm playing, there'll be some games where I just look at the end game and I'm like, huh, that was a that wasn't the strongest lobby I've ever seen. You know, and and. Uh, I've not like thought about oh what was missing you know what was missing in that game oh, was it was it was it just mechs and dragons or whatever and things like that and I bet that's probably the case where it's like mechs and dragons and, and stuff like elements are gone so like you're not seeing that mid game uh, that mid game divine shield spike or something like that where people are just getting strong out of nowhere so that's something I'll just take a look at when I play. Um, later on so that's a good good point there um but yeah in terms of just no mech lobbies it does make some compositions a lot harder to do uh mech compositions for sure but <laughs> other other taunts and um uh things that rely on divine shields right there's a lot of comps uh these days that rely on divine shield just because divine shield such a a clean mechanic in that it it's easy to get and powerful, right? If you have two bulvars and and two deflectors and whatnot, right? You're gonna do decently well, right? Up to a point where people start like scaling with like Caligus or whatever, right? But it's gonna be pretty powerful. So people do pick up those cards, right? You'll see people picking up bulvars, whatever, right? Just cause it's like a good unit standalone that you can like, if you find a different direction, you can easily switch out or you can even keep for a little bit longer just cause it, it's not the worst thing to, to have on your board standalone where if you have divine shield synergies so just a, a, a losing that outcome right it, it it does rely you on hitting um those more powerful or easier uh, directional pieces right like it's it's why you know pirates and stuff like that do really well you know if you can get a scam right those those early tempo um directional triples right that they, they can do really well in those lobbies because when you hit them no one else has anything right so if you can uh that one turn or two turns of window where you you hit the nuts you can just like deal so much damage to people that don't have anything and then you like games end really quickly right like in, in some of those lobbies i see games end like super fast because people die at the same time because they don't hit anything. They don't know what to go for, right? And then, you know, someone got, gets an early six or something and then they have the nut comp and they just smack people for 20. And then it, there's like five people left, right? And then three people left. And then it's like the top two that hit something. And then that's the that's the game, right? So in these lobbies, those are the turns like, eh, and three people left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you can find some way of like not like... A lot of times I feel as bad, but like I fought the ghost. Yes, <laughs> top three. <laughs> it's like, it's not bad. <laughs> you know where it's like okay, I just need to survive to the point where I'm not dead, and then I fight the ghost, and then I, I that's my top three placement because you don't need to be strong. You just need to uh, be strong enough to get not get one shot, right? So sometimes like hitting that boulevard and stuff like that is what will give you like that five extra health, right? So that you are fighting the the dead person in the lobby and then you go from there so um there's different strategies when um the you don't have direction and everyone's weak right then you can like it's hard to identify that i would say during the games like 
it's it's a lot easier like after the game to be like oh that's what happened right uh, when you when there's no like clock running and you're back and you're like you're like oh did, what did i do what did, did, oh what's my strategy you don't have tunnel vision anymore yeah. you can take steps back and be like oh yeah sometimes you have that as well we're like why was this unit still on my board <laughs> like that should have been sold two turns ago okay yeah so uh it is it is particularly weird I, and i would say uh max are one of the more um impactful removals right tokens very impactful next impactful dragons are kind of impactful because they influence like your turn three it also influences your late game right sometimes you'll get like a bronze warden or something and you're like okay you know i can i can pick this up for a turn or, or whatnot and then go from there and, and sometimes you'll like you'll get a bronze and then you'll switch into taunt comp or I, that's like that happens to me a lot when i go taunt comp i have a bronze and then i'm like oh, i'll taunt it and an arm then oh okay I, that's enough for me taunt comp <laughs> that's no direction i, I i'm taunted uh but without dragons like i don't see that a lot happening for me in my gameplay where i, I just go like oh you know divine shield into taunt um so that that influences me a lot uh but they all have like their own specific things right pirates well right sometimes the a lot of times like pirates being out of the pool like affects me quite a, like surprisingly where i'm like oh i can't get gold grubber i can't get uh scallywag eliza i can't get uh um the money pirate as well right the money pirate sometimes i'm playing like my ev or something like one of the best hits right just free three gold for one gold right so i can't hit that so there's and then swabby as well right early game swabbies can be really impactful on how you level so there's there's quite a bit of a influence for um all the archetypes i think the one that like is the least impactful or maybe even beneficial is like elementals i think you'll you'll maybe agree with that uh at least because at least for me right because the six drops right that's three yeah. sixes for removed from the pool right so i'm like oh you know the six drops a lot nicer <laughs> for me <laughs> so i can i can just go to six and see if i hit stuff right and and and, and um i'm really only losing the divine shell elemental but there's a lot of replacements uh, if dragons, mechs, and I stuff are in the pool. Another one is, even though I love it, Mama, I think demons, right, as well, is where, yeah. like, you know, like, oh, no, demons are out. That's so weird. Like, oh, so, okay. so some yeah. demons are actually kind of useful for me because if I if I struggle, that battle master <laughs> is, like, my, right. my saving grace. Great. So... No, no. I, I do like uh, demons for that one purpose. So when when I'm saying, "Oh, demons in the pool," oh, I can be risky. <laughs> That's like sometimes my mentality because I'm like, oh, I can hit the battle master, save me a little bit of health there, and go from there. Uh, so I I do like that a little bit there. So there there there's a. Uh, Funny how that's such a different one where for you it's Battlemaster, for me it's Void Lord. When I'm playing Karaji, I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I can't get a Void Lord. So, and you'd be like, well, I can't get a Battlemaster, so I might have to be a little careful. Yeah, so I think it's it's quite interesting how, how that goes there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what we want to talk about here. And I think our last topic of the day will be prizes, revisiting prizes. There was a uh, Twitter post I thought was interesting by Fino where he was talking about how um, he found the game a lot, lot less uh, interesting after prizes were removed and I think it's been a while since prizes have been in the meta and I just thought it would be something I wanted to revisit 
just discuss here just to see uh, what do you thought about the prize meta and, you know now that things have passed what do you think about if they had some type of reintroduction maybe not the same balance right i think um balance was a key issue in in, in why people found it frustrating it wasn't like the um the mechanic itself, but just the balance around it, right? I, I found it weird that they didn't adjust anything throughout the whole two months, two plus months. Uh, they didn't change any any of the prizes. They didn't remove any prize or anything like that. But I, 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 I personally thought the prizes were interesting, right? It reminded me of some of the other um, auto battle games where you have items and stuff like that, where that could influence some of the, um, the units that you have on the board. You can give them different attack you give them health or whatever and things like that and that would like affect the game a little bit right some some games like um like tft right the whole game is revolved around some of the items you give it like there 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 are heroes that i mean there are minions that don't exist if you don't have those specific items that <laughs> on those specific units then they don't then they don't do anything but if you have the items then they're a unit you know so uh it's not it's not to that degree here where um, as long as you have the right units and you have the right setup, right, all the units do some type of jobs. But um, I did like um, the thought process required in some of the prizes, right? The issue was that the meta became, you need this prize. You need this prize. <laughs> if you don't have this prize, you are behind. You are very, very behind. Okay, you're going to struggle now. You know, the, that was the issue. There were, there were too many swingy, well, there was... A, a couple swing prizes uh, in each of the tiers where if you got it, you had a huge advantage. If you didn't get it, you were the sucker, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, that was like the main issue, right? The bounds. But the idea of prizes, I was I was okay with. I was uh, I enjoyed some of the prizes, especially early on before we knew what was the nuts, right? Um, just thinking about, oh, what about this? What about that? Oh, what about this? What about that, right? And then... Um, reacting to some of that and be like oh i can't do this or i i really liked how there were some heroes that became significantly more viable with the prizes in right that extra gold you would get um sometimes in the early game would allow for some stupid stuff i remember alex straws in particular where i would just you start with a token and you level then you level again <laughs> Level again, right? And normally you can't do that because you have nothing to sell on your board. But with that extra two goes, you're like, oh, okay, just just sell, just oh, use it. Yeah, and it's fine. And then you can get like a super early like double razor gore setup, and you're already on five, and it's like very clean, right? And that was really cool to see. But um, you know, I, I like that kind of thing where it's like, oh, this hero normally very struggles here, but can can uh can work with these uh, introductions of like mechanics that uh, you can't get anywhere else, right? You can't get two gold for free just playing the game normally. So uh, I, I did like that, but uh, the issue was the balance, at least for me. The issue was definitely the balance in some ways. There was no adjustments or anything, and it, it was very obvious that if you got the on the house, on the way, it was super strong. If you didn't, you struggled. I think that's, I'm not sure if that's just a Blizzard type thing where they just enjoy having a big range between their cards to just say, well, you know, you feel really good when you get lucky and that's cool. Or whether it's just like, well, I thought that 
skipping something plus five plus five was about as good as discovering a six drop. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, I'm assuming that it's like a bit of a combination of two where they're like, well, this is probably close enough. We know that it's weaker. Uh, but then, you know, when it's put into work, it's like, well, you're pretty much getting on the house or evolving tavern or that other prize is just dead, right? Like a coin, really? I'm getting one extra gold this turn and next turn? Like who who gives a shit when you have this massive spike that can happen? So there, as you mentioned, the balance was the problem. It was such an insane discrepancy. Same thing with the early prize as well. Like there was flag and then there was a rest, right? If you right. got might have buffing your board plus one plus one you were fine you were chilling you were power leveling no problem at least with the coins you could salvage a bit like you said and i do i did enjoy playing with the coins the extra money but then if you miss on those two you're like oh my god i guess i'm taking gotcha gift and i'm trying well, to gotcha you know. gift was kind of coins in this <laughs> sometimes you, know, you yeah. go for it's tokens better sometimes even better when let's say you had two one drop pairs you're like oh gotcha gifts look really good here right i might get a triple so it is true but there, there were just a couple of things that were just not acceptable, right? There was the thing where you increase the health of the minions in the tavern. I know you kind of liked it, and or maybe didn't uh... completely. But let's be honest, compared to <laughs> compared to the cards you mentioned, it's just not a thing. I had a one eight Baron. What are you talking about? That was so <laughs> good. It, it it it's gonna it would feel even worse now with all the blood gems, right? Like the in the game that you're just like, ah, oh, this is like half a blood gem. <laughs> <laughs> useless <laughs> but yeah uh, sure. and then then you, there's the uh, like we're, we're not really talking about these super end game prizes because the most influential prizes are the one that's on uh four Early. golden yeah that's right like those two make or break your game and, and ice block and, and i want to give yeah, special yeah if you made it to round 12 then absolutely ice block was a was a huge deal um but it was like for anyone who wasn't around or didn't play as much during the prize meta, this was our game plan. 100% was get to tier five by the time the turn the eight turn prize eight, yeah. around, so that if you were offered on the house, you could push six and on the house. Yeah. And if you did not get on the house, damage control. Like that's pretty much like I don't want to say like every game, but the vast majority of your games was very binary, right? Like do what you can to get to tier five in whatever, you know, decent shape where, which was a lot easier back because then. Because everyone was doing it. <laughs> right? Everyone was leveling. People were not spam rolling on four, right? That was not a thing. There was no everyone was leveling. Off. Yeah. And, and then it was like, okay, those that have hit on the house and those that didn't, right? You also had evolving tavern where you could just be like, all right, let me just roll for a couple fives in the tavern and then hit a good evolving. But most of the time it was on the house. And then you would have those turns where then on turn nine, your opponent would have two Elizas. You'd be like, what the, how do you have two Elizas? And I was like, oh, well, I on the house one of them and then I'm Elise. So then I mapped the other one. That was the craziest. <laughs> right? The craziest thing was Elise's map was two And gold, then I right? tripled as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you would have Elise mapping for two gold and then on the house is zero gold. So... You would level, you would you sell something off the board, you would map, you get an Eliza, you're on the house, gives you an Eliza. So in, insane. So to come back to the, the original point, of course, reminiscing a little bit, talking about how broken they were. Yes, the basic premise was fun. I think it was cool. But do you trust Blizzard to <laughs> implement that in a balanced fashion? Because the prize meta was, mm. at the end, definitely felt like very high rolly, where, okay, I feel like I've 
kind of seen it now, right? Where, okay, the game plan is get to five, be able to level for on the house. If I don't on the house, damage control. And like the game felt pretty one-dimensional. Even though you added more things, I feel like it detracted because you pretty much had to do that or you couldn't compete with the other people that you know hit on the house and went for a six. I guess that is the main question, right? Will Blizzard implement it correctly, huh? That's a good point, right? Like, I would. Do you want to? Do you want to roll that dice, man? <laughs> <laughs> I would much rather not have the prize meta again over just the meta we have now, right? So that's that is a good point. But if they could implement prizes in a in a balanced way, or if they could get a quick response, right? I do like it when they have adjustments quickly um when things are out of whack right like two months of the same the same issue is is like really not acceptable in terms of like having a good clean balanced game right like you can't wait that long to make these changes right you see the um the quillboard patch right like the next week right then a lot of changes right and it feels a lot better right if if they could do that kind of thing with the prize meta where they they balance a week and then like two weeks later they balance again right and i'm I'm then hopeful right i would be hopeful but um if it was a repeat of of what it was before uh just maybe less swingy prizes right i wouldn't like it right you have to make sure you make adjustments because you're not going to get that perfect balance the first time around there's too many players and too many people know how to abuse (laughs) uh, situations you give them to just allow that to go so um people will find yeah. the statistically best thing right and then like sometimes that turns out that it's quite a bit better than the next best thing so yeah. we want the nerves out of it yeah but i i thought it was uh something interesting to talk about since um you know they, they had a twitter post and a lot of people in the community was agreeing or, or saying yeah it was pretty interesting to have the prize but and, and and i agreed with them uh while i was reading through just like i do think the prize meta uh showcase some other um, avenues of adjustments right because really with battlegrounds right um all the expenses have been new cards new tribe and that's it right like there hasn't been any like fundamental differences with the game since it's come out right sometimes you'll have like uh with expansions a new way of playing something right? a new way of uh utilizing your cards or having like spells or, or whatever i don't know, just giving random uh, abilities right i do think the the blood gems have been kind of different in that way where you're getting spells in your hand that you can adjust it differently right so they are they are experimenting a little bit and like unique but it's still kind of like the fundamental different um archetype has a different mechanic that makes them uniquely them right and it's not like you're changing how the game works in any fundamental way so i do think prizes were one attempt to do that and i think they were uh in theory good just the way it was implemented wasn't the best uh, uh but you know i i just wanted to bring it up i think it, i think it was interesting and i wanted to see if um yeah i'm, I'm definitely down for another test right if they want to like revisit that concept i don't think that's something they have to do one time and then just completely drop it so it's like oh that was just unique to the dark moon expansion yeah. it reminds me of a dual class arenas in a way where it's like oh that was different but so it wasn't too bad you know I, I didn't hate it the next year around or things like that yeah yeah that one they were pretty much excited every time it yeah. would rounds right so yeah if if only just like a yearly thing just to have it cycle at some point like oh prizes are coming back or right? something like that 
I mean, it could be more than that. I mean, a yearly thing. That's a long time, dude. That's... I mean, that would that would be prizes, right? They could have something else that's seasonal, right? Where yeah, you don't okay. you don't need to put bells and whistles on everything the whole time, but you know, from from time to time, a little bit of variation is nice. Like I, I'm I'm fine playing the same thing over and over if it's semi like this meta. I think right now is fine like i don't think there's anything that stands out we're like oh it's unexpected like my is obviously crazy good and certain things are annoying to play against but like right now i'm having a ton of fun just figuring stuff out sounds good but yes that is will be our top you know every time i make these topics i'm like ah these are short <laughs> yeah. almost every day and then i and then we're doing it and i'm just like oh it's it's been a while <laughs> it's like an hour and a half i thought this would be like an hour 10 or something like that you gotta do is like shady mechs around I'm like what's <laughs> 20 right there <laughs> but yes that shall be our podcast for this week thank you god for joining us thank you shady for being here every single week keeping things consistent I appreciate you guys' feedback. Don't forget to send us feedback at hsbgpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you reach us on Twitch. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Anything you got for us. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Always good to be here. Thank you so much for setting everything up every week, Collins. So much fun. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Just a little recognition. Oh, thank you. Anyways. I agree. And uh, take care of yourselves. Have a rest of your good days for everyone else listening. And I will see you guys next week, folks.